there is this epidemic that has invaded our earth. It has become a catalyst for chaos. It has decimated marriages and families. It has hindered sincere followers of Christ from achieving their destiny. It actually has paved the way for addiction. It has kept people up at night, kept them in the house all day, and it's detrimental. And the epidemic is one of self-centeredness, a consumption of the personal pronouns I, me, and mine. And Jesus saw this epidemic break out among his own disciples, and so he knew that the antidote was not more money, more fame, more followers on Instagram, or more money, but Jesus decided to model the antidote for self-centeredness, and that example became something that was, without question, revolutionary. And Jesus gives us the significance of how every one of us can obliterate and personally crush this epidemic of self-centeredness. So let's pull out your scriptures there to John chapter 13. Everybody here this morning? Chapter 13, beginning with verse number one. It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. It's a rather significant passage in the Bible because this is actually the end of Jesus' ministry on the earth. The Passover is about to be shared, and he decides to have a meal, as he has had many times, with his guys. And the Bible says, 
right from the start that he really, really, really loved them. I mean, like, he really accepted them, believed in them, had come and spent three years in meeting after meeting, instruction, and now they're having this meeting. Maybe it's about six o'clock at night. Maybe they're eating this popular fish on the Sea of Galilee, Musht, known as St. Peter's Fish. And the guys are there. Jesus takes note. They're talking about who's the greatest. And when they came in the door, rather than somebody picking up the towel, washing their dirty feet, Jesus takes note. Nobody does that. And he realizes this is not a time for a teaching. Often, the best teaching is by what you do and not what you say. And so Jesus, interested, concerned that this epidemic is in his guise, decides, actually in the Greek, it happens in the middle of the meal. So Jesus, the Bible says, he gets up, and he then takes this towel, and he takes the bowl, and he pours some water into the basin, and takes the towel, and maybe he started with Philip. And all of a sudden, there is a dead silence in the room. Then maybe he went to Simon the Zealot, the guy that used to be a terrorist. Or maybe to John. Nobody is saying a word. And Jesus carefully takes the dirty washes it, and then he takes the towel, and he wipes off each of their feet. So then, as he moves around the room, he comes to the maverick, the unpredictable Mr. Simon Peter. And he asked, kind of like a verbose uh, question, and he says here, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Well, you'll let me. And so they go through this whole discussion here, and he says, no, that's not going to happen. He probably doesn't feel worthy that Jesus could do this. And Jesus kind of says, uh, you do not realize now, Peter, <laughs> I know you're intelligent, you're an educated man, you know the fishing business, but 
Simon Peter, you really don't get it. You're not that cool today. You do not realize now what I'm doing. Later you will. You're not going to wash my feet. Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. And with that comment, he says, wash, wash my whole deal here, my head, my hands, my feet. I mean, I want the whole deal. So Jesus here is doing something that is without question revolutionary. And he, by his actions, he actually is showing these leaders of his how much really, really love them. But more than that, what he is doing is he is teaching them how to move from the epidemic of thinking about themselves and who is the greatest and who's the big guy and who sits the closest to Jesus and who is the person that is the center stage of everything, and he's trying to show them that I want you to get a glimpse of real life now. I want you to know. I know you've heard me. I know you were on the, on the mountain, the Sermon on the Mountain, and I, I know you, you listened to me, and, and, and you took notes, and you, 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 you did well, but the, today, uh, this is our last meeting. This is our last meeting, and I'm not preaching today. What I'm going to do is simply say to you, this is how it works. He's saying, you need to serve. And you need to serve so you can get your eyes off self. So you can get your eyes off of how great you think you are or how inferior you are, you think you are, or you think you're nothing. Because some people think they're nothing and some people think they're God. And some people in the middle don't know. And he says, now through this lesson, I want you to serve. And what we're, what we're doing here in our family, in this series, in our house, we're laying out with greater clarity what are our values? What is our culture? What is important from God's perspective? What is it we should be? What is it we should do while we're on the earth in this family? And it is very clear that on the last night, Jesus doesn't lay out a sermon, but he does by what he is modeling to them. And don't forget that this may be the most revolutionary thing that there is in our culture today because our focus so much of the time is on us, who likes us, who's paying attention to us. And Jesus is saying, Listen, you can serve. 
Now, Jesus was able to serve because he knew that all authority had been given to him and all, everything had put, been put into his hands. He knew that he came from heaven and he knew where he was going. And to serve, you have to know who you are. You have to know you're in Christ. You have to know you're a son of the king. You have to know you're a daughter of the king. And you're not serving in a servile, fawning way, but you are serving that person, but unto Christ, everything is done. Jesus said in Matthew 25, he says, in that you have done this to the least of these, you have done it unto me. So that when we actually decide to serve, and sometimes we may have a word of wisdom for someone, we may have a gift that we're giving to them, we are serving. It may be something physical, it may be something that we say, but our focus is always on the other person so that we are there to give. Because verse 17, in summarizing all of this, is amazing, and I just, this thing exploded on me. Verse 17, because he says, if you do these things, verse 17, he says, you're going to be blessed. However, the word there, blessed, is makarios, which actually means happy. He says, when you begin to do this, and you get your eyes off yourself, and you get your focus off of yourself. He says, what's going to happen? You are going to be makarios. You're going to be happy. Now, happy means that you are happy. How many know what happiness is? I mean, when you're happy, say that word, happy. Say it a little louder. Happy. It doesn't get any better than being happy. Because something inside of you says, this is good, this is right, you are doing what Jesus said, you are doing what is good. What is good? We have to serve like Jesus. Last week when we talked about this, serve like Jesus, I, I was really moved. Um, and after the one o'clock service, I headed back to the guest room, and I walked in there, there was a crowd in there, and uh, Stefan comes up to me, one of our young adults here, and he introduces me to this other guy, about 21 years old, and his name is Glenn, and he says, uh, I met Glenn in a very unusual situation this week, and I invited him. When the invitation was given, he walked down the aisle, and he opened his heart to Christ, and the grace of God changed his life, and he's standing there. So Glenn just starts to talk, and he said, you know, my, 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 I'm not with my family. I'm in this house. And I don't have any air conditioning. I don't have any water. 
and it's pretty hopeless. He said, now, I did just get a job in a restaurant. And then Stefan said, yeah, and he, has, he doesn't have any, he doesn't even have clothes. He said, I got those shoes to get him here in the, in the clothes. Now, I'm listening there, and now I'm observing a story, and all of a sudden, I get in the story. And I felt like the Lord said, so you have clothes at home. Why don't you bring some clothes, bring some shoes, and why don't you serve Glenn? I thought, that's a, that's a pretty good idea. So Monday morning, I almost forgot about it. Monday morning, I quickly gathered some clothes and some shoes and big box and kind of felt really good throwing that into the trunk and bringing it here. And then he took, Stefan took it over there and he said, boy, he was so happy. And I thought, you know what? You do get happy. You do get happy when you decide to serve. And in fact, whether they say yay or no, or they don't like how you serve, you still say, I'm still happy. I'm still happy. <laughs> I'm still happy. <laughs> I'm still happy. And I want you to really remember this verse 17 because Jesus said the end deal here is you're going to be happy. Bacarios. You're going to be happy when you really serve. So we're in, we're in a, like a new, if you're a guest here this morning, we're kind of in a new season that began on March 20th as a congregation where we just felt like the old season has ended. It's a new season and it's a season of freshness. It's a season of newness. It's a season of God wanting to do one thing, and that is to bring change. Can you say that word? It's a, it's a great word. It's going to come up on the screen in a minute. Change. Boy, you're excited about that word. I can just feel it. Say it again. Change. Change. God is always on the move. The Holy Spirit is always moving. The Holy Spirit is not stationary and inactive. The Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is moving. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring us where we've never been, not only individually, not only in our families, but he wants to take us to our new season so that we get better and we grow and we become stronger and we become more effective in the kingdom of heaven. We have been thinking about what do you want to do, Lord? And it was very clear that he wanted to bring us into a whole new dimension of what it is to come on this campus and every single person having a heart after Christ of wanting to serve like Jesus. My wife, Judith, has decided that she is going to kind of oversee this movement here of dream teams of serving so that in our lobby there will be people everywhere that are looking for people to say hi, to greet them, to say something. We have some pictures, I think, of our lobby and to encourage them the uh, lobby coming up, and so we're able to 
meet them, talk to them. Our new center that we have that has just been put in place, and we thank Carla and Jessica and our facilities team. And so what we want to do, we want to go to another place. Uh, we want to we want to have community. We want to have community that's not something that is contrived or something that is religious, that when somebody looks at another person, they see the person, and their mind isn't somewhere else. So on this campus, we're going to be ubiquitous in our love, because serving is about loving people. And that when they come on this campus and they're a part of what it, God is doing here and the Holy Spirit is moving, if that is connected with the power of love, it changes everything. It makes us more like Christ. And then we are constructing a team on the campus here out in the parking area, and Pastor Mark Garner is the point person that's going to lead this. He is so excited. Pastor Mark, where are you? Stand up, because you can see the excitement. And he's going to get people who are going to put one of these vests on, and uh, so they don't get killed. Because we have some wild drivers here, and uh, they're going to get a, a, a vest for you, and then Star Wars, so you can feel like you're part of the now generation. And you're going to get to use your authority. You're going to say, you You, praise God, you're going to heaven. <laughs> and so we are believing for uh, teams that will be out there serving. And in fact, we have a number on the screen, 641-1550 right now. You can just text the word, the number, and then the word serve, and today, whatever area you would like to serve, come on, action, do it, do it. We're going to activate everyone in the church, somebody, somebody that's looking for a ministry, looking to be involved. Uh, this can be your moment to be involved, and John uh, will be here to help us, help me. So that we are seeing community everywhere, everywhere, serving and loving it, serving with a smile, serving because that's what we were created for, and it can change everything about us takes about 300 people from translation, our children's ministry, the parking, 
every ministry. And we thought, as we talked to our advisory council, our, our team, our pastors, there was a consensus to put a pause on the one o'clock service, fill up these chairs here, and some people are serving three services, activate the army here, and so, ladies and gentlemen, next week we are going to two services at 9 and 11 o'clock, and we're going to have more people serving. We're going to see this whole place full of the Holy Spirit and power and everybody bringing one person. And then we'll go back there, hopefully by Easter, and we're going to see great things happening because when you serve, something happens inside of you. And often we don't want to, but we need to. Often we're disinterested, just as the pastor that asked me to do a class for the youth. I had no interest. I had no burden. I really did it because he was a nice pastor. Now look where I am. <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> Sometimes we say, well, you have to have a burden and you have to be called. No, you don't. You just find the need in front of you. Before you go to Africa, shake hands with somebody on the campus. Before you go to Hawaii on a missionary trip, Say good morning to the person next to you or walk over to somebody sitting by themselves and say, say, listen, my name is Bob Ellis. What are you doing? Hey, nice to meet you. And you talk to them and, and uh, come on, sit with me. I don't know why we have a cold culture in America. It's almost like, like we're, we, it's like men at the gym. You can... You can walk down. Men, they never say anything to any, anyone. You can be in the cold plunge. Of course, you're dying there. But, but if you're in the whirlpool, they just sit there like this. Thank God for women. They actually talk. Come on, women. This is true. We need to, we need to learn to get out of ourselves and get out of, well, I mean, you can't go over and meet somebody you've never met. Why? Get over it. Be aggressive. Serve. And our first serve doesn't start here. It starts in our families. It starts at home. We got everybody there. Well, I don't feel like it. Doesn't matter what you feel like. Marriage is going down because of this epidemic of, of me and I and me and look at me. Get down and start serving your wife. Get down and start serving your husband. I love when my wife serves me. I tell her I love her more. I love to serve her. That was a weak amen over here. 
<laughs> this is really weak. Amen. Amen. Not too loud, Judy. <laughs> Judy is the best at serving. I mean, she anticipates what you need before you need it, almost like Jesus. And I think, I think, I always hear people, well, I'm no more, I'm not in love anymore. I'm not in love. Well, I'll tell you what. If you get the microscope and start watching what you've been, do been doing, you shouldn't be in love from the standpoint of feeling it. But when you begin to step out by faith and do it unto the Lord and serve your wife and ask the question like, I know this is rare, but I'll just break the news. What can I do for you? Then, she, then you have to call 911 because she's on the floor. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a brilliant question. <laughs> let, me, let me run by it. It's a complicated one. What? I forgot it. What can, what can I do for you? Now, if I ask my wife that question, she's going to say, oh, she's here. Take, <laughs> take me on a cruise. <laughs> Just taking the time to do the little things, teach your children somewhere around four and five to serve. Step from their smartphone over to the kitchen table and take the dishes over to the dishwasher and put them in. <laughs> Little things become big things when we do it as unto Christ, not unto ourselves. Remember, we're able to serve not out of willpower. We are able to serve because we have been given the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that grace is inside of us, and we can now decide to allow the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to flow from us into other people until here in this family, when we meet each other, we don't have this wall like high, but it's kind of an atmosphere that we have seen the Lord create of the power of love and also the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't have one without the other. In the revival that is going to sweep and is moving in our church, there will be a colliding of these two mighty powers. And the world, the Bible, Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. Now today, our feet don't need to be cleaned, cleansed, 
by this way, although this is always in order. But what we do is we find a need to serve that person the way Christ would serve them. And it's one person at a time. Just a few weeks ago, a lady by the name of Renee walked down the aisle and gave her life to Christ. Went in the back, and after that process, Renee had, was expecting, and she asked for prayer for an unborn child. There happened to be one person there that saw a need of Renee for prayer. His name was Pastor Dave Taylor. And at that moment, he shared with him there was a problem with the baby. Well, when I went back to Guest Central last week, she was sobbing. She said, I went to the doctor on the following Wednesday. The doctor said, there's nothing wrong with that baby. What happened? <laughs> Pastor Dave could have been busy walking around, but he took time. Stand up here, Pastor Dave Taylor. One man saw need of one new friend, decided to serve her. When we pray for somebody, we are serving them. We're letting them know how great Jesus is. I feel like the Lord is saying, bless this day. For I have set before you a path of blessing and prosperity. I want to do things that have never happened before in your life. I want to renew your marriage. I want to renew your relationships with your children. I want you to feel good about who you are in Christ. And he's here to encourage us, to lift us up. He's saying to us, take a little step and look around you and start small, maybe opening a door. It might be going to the person who just raised their hand, said, I'm a guest, and say, can I take you for a coffee here at the cafe? When we do little things, we change the world. This epidemic can leave where we are. Christ can be exalted, be a mighty, mighty, mighty revival. Hallelujah. Just a moment, we're going to stand.
want us just to present ourselves today to the Lord. Sometimes you don't feel like you have much to offer. Sometimes I wonder and have questions just like you. But we rely on the Lord and we say, Lord, use me. And if that's our prayer, he will use us. Because sometimes no one that's capable shows up and God says, I'm going to choose you. Nobody else would do it. And then God elevates you because you are willing. How many want to be willing to serve a little more for Christ? Hallelujah. No one leave, but let's all stand together before we take communion in a moment. Hallelujah. 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 Sing it together. Spirit of the Lord is here. Evidence is all around. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Overflowing this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love. We're going to uh, share together the Holy Eucharist, and we're going to thank the Lord for his love for us. We have stations all over the building in the balcony in the back here. You may be a guest and want to observe, but we take, as followers of Christ, we take the bread in Holy Communion, and we lift that up to the Lord. We thank him for giving his life for us on the cross. And know and understand that healing is, av is available to us, deliverance. And I, I'm believing today, as we take the bread and then the cup, the blood of Jesus, and we just know and think about what Christ has done for us. And let's, let's go into a different level of receiving. And let's just believe as, 
you huddle around, maybe with your wife, husband, another student or a friend or by yourself, that you're just saying, I thank you, Jesus, your life was given for me and I'm receiving healing right now. How many could, could believe that, my goodness, we could have healings all over this room? How many? Okay, just my hand. Okay, one there. Thank you. So we're just going to worship while you uh, take communion. No one leave for just a moment. But let's just, let's just honor the Lord with the Holy Eucharist today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Our Father, we, we ask that your presence would come with great anointing. You know what everyone needs. You know the hearts that are lonely. You know the hearts that feel betrayed. Only you know the, the real condition of all of our hearts. I ask, Lord, that in this atmosphere of your presence, you would touch our hearts. Some today are, have become very hardened, very hardened. We ask you, Lord, that you could melt these hard hearts, reveal what has made that happen. I just speak peace to every person in this room, solace, rest, Jesus, thank you that you said when two or three are gathered together, you said, I'm there, that you attend every meeting, and that what makes this meeting so spectacular is that you are the center of this meeting. So, Lord, break down the strong walls, break down the barriers. Lord, I pray that you would teach us in a new way what real humility is. For those who have gotten so far away from it, bring them back to what it means to humble themselves. Lord, we praise you those that are in the middle of a big battle, that in the middle of a battle, they'll at least be able to lift up a hand, say, Lord, I praise you. If you're going through a big, big battle, just throw up a hand right now, and by doing so, you're just saying, Lord, I praise you, 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 Put a hand on the person who's got a hand up. We praise you. We praise you that in the storm, we still are going to lift our hands, and we're still going to say God is good. We're still going to lift our hands and say God is able. We're still going to lift our hands and begin to praise you. We're still going to lift our hands and say hallelujah, hallelujah, for you are good. We're going to lift our hands and say I will bless him. At all times, I will bless his name. I will bless his name. Hallelujah. 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 Let's lift our voices. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We magnify you this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you that you're able. We thank you that you can do the impossible. We thank you that you make a way when there seems no way. We thank you that you are the healer. We thank you that you are the deliverer. That we are not going down. That we are getting up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want us now just to clap our hands and say amen. 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 Amen.
We never end our service without giving people an opportunity to open their hearts and say, Jesus, I want to be forgiven of my sins. Jesus has pardoned all of us on the cross. And all we have to do is say, I want forgiveness. I want you to change my life. And I'm going to say one, two, three. And if that's you, don't be reticent. Don't think I'm not good enough. I'm unworthy. Look, Jesus died on the cross. That makes us a value. It was time to, to say, listen, I'm not going to live in my shame. I'm getting out. You can do it today. Doesn't matter what mire you're in. One lifted hand that says, I need you, Jesus. That's all you need. I need you, Jesus. And that says, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. So get ready. Maybe you're a backslider. You got on the wrong path. The devil says you're never coming back. Well, you are. You're getting back today. In Jesus' name. So I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, you say pray for me and put your hand up. One, two, three. Put your hand up. All over the balcony. Yes, 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 yes. Put it up. Do it. Do it. Come on. Get your hand up. <laughs> over here. Over there. Do it. <laughs> I'm going to ask. I want to ask all those that lift your hand, walk down the aisle, stand here for a one-minute prayer here. I want to sing, Thank You, Jesus, my favorite song. Come, 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 come. Yes, yes. Stand right here. Stand right here. Get out of the balcony. Walk around. Come on. That's it. That's it. Get out. Get out right now. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on. Keep coming. you thank the Lord for all these people coming to Jesus? All right. We're not focusing on how bad you've been, but how good Jesus is. And the Bible says that we come to Christ uh, from our hearts, and he works on our hearts, and we give our lives to Christ to become children of God.
So all you have to do is be sincere in your heart and pray this prayer. And then Pastor Dave, who the sermon was about this morning, uh, will take you to the side. We have some friends there, and we want to give you a few thoughts before you go today. So uh, would you, everyone, kind of say this prayer with them? And if you're watching, maybe in another country or down the street here, uh, you pray this prayer too. Christ will change your life. Let's say it very loudly. Say, Jesus, I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life. To follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, and eternal life. You prayed that prayer, you're in the family. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. 